0: in our study through the book of Matthew, I uh, pray your your time has been uh, a blessing and God is working in your life. Hopefully something I say here today or something you read along with me or some thought he might put in your mind might uh, guide you and encourage you along the way. So here we go. We're down to chapter 26. We finished chapter 25 last time. We are moving into a new day. Uh, in the Passion Week, and uh, um, I might say there are different views with regard to the time frame during the Passion Week and what leads up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Um, The common belief is that Jesus was crucified on Friday and then rose from the grave on Sunday. That's been the case for hundreds of years. Been espoused by most people. We celebrate Good Friday and then we celebrate Easter Sunday in commemoration of those events. I don't happen to believe that's accurate. I do believe he rose on the first day of the week. I think that's pretty clear in scripture. Um, But I don't believe it's clear that he um, went the cross on friday and as we go through this hopefully you'll understand it a little more and and um, develop your own belief there are uh, the other beliefs are that either he was crucified on wednesday or he was crucified on thursday i happen to believe it was thursday but i will say this um i could be convinced possibly it was wednesday but there are a couple questions i believe are unanswered with regard to the to that um but i will also say that whether you believe it's wednesday or thursday or even friday it's not something i'm going to break fellowship with you over Um, i don't know that it's a critical piece i i believe it's important to find out what scripture truly says and to be uh compatible you know your beliefs along with what the bible says Um, But it doesn't change a whole lot with regard to uh, our salvation and uh, our hope of heaven and all things Christian. So anyway, um, we have progressed with the events here, I believe, through Tuesday. We've come to Tuesday evening. Beginning in chapter 26, we begin to move into... Wednesday. And it starts out um, by saying, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. There are some important things here. It, it says, you know, when he finished his sayings, that, that we Covered in the previous chapters, we're still on Tuesday evening. And he's telling them that in two days is the feast of the Passover, which would make that Thursday. Um, and I'll explain that as, as we go through here so you understand it a little bit better. Um, but also, he says that this, after two days, the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. All right. Then assembled the priests together, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people, into the palace and the high priest, who was called Caiaphas. And they consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on a feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Um, Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, and now, now, well, let let me get into that in just a little bit. I I don't want to go, because this is kind of a parenthetical section here down through um, chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, verse uh, 15, um, or 16. um, And it begins to talk about Judas' betrayal. Um, Now, what's happening here? Is there were actually two Sabbath days um, that come into play here. Most people don't know that. There are um, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, those two terms are very often used interchangeably. The typical Passover would be on a Friday, and the Sabbath would be on a Saturday. The Passover meal would be on Friday, Friday night and of course the sabbath would be on saturday so the so friday would be the day of preparation for that and then um, they would have the passover meal friday evening and sabbath they'd celebrate the sabbath on saturday and so that's where the argument comes from that jesus was crucified on friday and it talks about how well we'll get to that but how had to be taken down off the cross because the Sabbath was approaching and they didn't want anything to occur on on the Sabbath. However, here's what actually happened. There's, there's, as I said, there's another feast taking place here. The Feast of the Unleavened Bread um, has a, a different meaning. There's the Passover Feast which talks about you know, which commemorates the time when the uh, um, the Jews were still in Egypt, um, and it was the final plague of Moses. And God was going to go by each house, and the death angel would go by each house and take the firstborn of each family. And then he told he told the Jews, you know, that they should go and put the blood of the lamb over their doorpost, and whenever he saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, he would pass over their house and not take the firstborn. So that's a celebration of what they call the Passover, when Jesus passed over the house and would not, you know, they they didn't lose their firstborn, but all the Egyptian firstborn were taken. Then there's also called the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, where... Um, they were commanded to celebrate. Well, they were told that there would be a time when they would eat only unleavened bread. And and if, this is back in Leviticus and even in Exodus. You can find places there where it talks about two or three different times. And they were told for seven days to eat unleavened bread. Well, that was the feast of the unleavened bread. And when that came about, it... it, it um, it was basically another Sabbath. They would, they would on the first day have a Passover feast just like they would do for a regular Sabbath. And then beginning the next day, the next seven days, they would eat unleavened bread. And those were feasts of the unleavened bread that they did every day. And that's important to remember because it's going to come into play here as we get a few verses into this. Um, but it was considered that first day a sabbath so what you had here is the feast of the unleavened bread was coming and i believe coming the past the feast that was the passover feast was actually going to take place on wednesday evening and then the feast of the unleavened bread began on thursday so you kind of have and it was you know a high, there was a high sabbath and a regular sabbath so you have these dual Sabbaths that are taking place here. So Jesus did partake of the Passover, but it wasn't the weekly Passover that, um, that everybody thinks about and uses as an argument to say that he had to have been crucified on Friday. He didn't have to be crucified on Friday. It depended on what day that Feast of the Unleavened Bread occurred. It overlapped. It had to overlap a sabbath because it lasted basically eight days because the first day was the passover feast and then the seven days of the unleavened bread feasts so you have these dual sabbaths that occurred here which allows for jesus to have partaken of the passover and then still go to the cross and die on the day prior to friday now as I read in verses uh, 3 and 4 and 5, the um, chief priests and the scribes and the elders and so on, they all gathered together and began to plot uh, as to how they might rid themselves of this Jesus. And in verse 5, but they said, not on the fast day, or not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. They didn't. They didn't want him to be crucified on the feast day you know, because they were afraid of the pushback they'd from the Jews. But you've got to remember, the people, as you see later, when they supported the, the chief priests and so on um, in demanding <coughs> that Barabbas be released as opposed to Jesus being released— they were actually anxious to see him die. And so they were willing to compromise and see it done on the Sabbath. And you'll you'll see here in a few minutes how that's really what happened. So even though the chief priests and them were saying, well, we need to get rid of him, but let's not do it on the feast day. They didn't get their wish. They didn't get their desire. It actually did turn out to be on a feast day. So let me read this next section about Bethany because this is what changes everything because in their plot they're not going to do it on a feast day but they ended up doing on a feast day. They were going to wait until after the Feast of the Unleavened Bread which lasted for basically eight days and then they were going to crucify him but they saw an opportunity now to apprehend him and to try him and get him to the cross and so Boom, they thought, okay, let's do it. We got the chance. Let's strike while the iron's hot. So verse six, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, so he took this little trip to Bethany, which is nearby. um, There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of a very precious ointment, poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman, for she hath wrought a good work upon me? For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole world, thou shalt also uh, this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, "'What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you?' And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him." So here's what happens. This occasion occurs over this ointment that, that, uh, that the lady used, that, you know, the woman with the alabaster box used. Judas was the one who was behind the indignation that was shown. And if you read in Mark, Luke, and John, you know, the the parallel passages with regard to the crucifixion, you find that out, and it was really Judas. And Judas, most of you probably know the story of Judas. He was the treasurer. He was the greedy one and was uh, most likely taking from the treasury for himself. So this is fake... um, Fake piety, you know. When he, when he says when they're told that, well, this money could have been used for the poor. It wasn't really intended to be used for the poor. Judas was upset because this was money that he would have access to, and so he goes to the chief priests and says, "I've had it. You know, let's let's make a deal. I will deliver Jesus unto you, so you can crucify him." Well. That's an opportunity they didn't have before. One of his own betraying him. I mean, what a what a golden opportunity to see part of his inner circle turn against him um, and identify who he is and have him arrested. This was this was a golden opportunity. It was just too good to pass up. Even though this was all about to happen on Passover or on the feast day, they just decided. You know what? I I think we better we better go ahead and do this and take advantage of the opportunity we have. So the covenant dinner made a deal with Judas to give him 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. Well, this was basically um, the, the worth of a slave, uh, the 30 pieces of silver, and if you go back and you study history and so on, you see that, that price pop up here and there Um, And so it recognizes that, uh, you know, that Jesus being humble, humble, lowly servant and so on um, was actually, um, you know, it was no accident that that just 30 pieces of silver was, uh, has been thrown out there. So the deal's made. They're approaching the Passover and uh, they're about to apprehend Jesus. So we'll have to pick up on that uh, beginning in verse 17 next time. So hope you're following along. Goodbye and God bless.